0: Episode, so we'll talk about these beers we're drinking real quick, and then we will get into Ghostbusters Afterlife. Matt, the Dictator Castro, is joining me once
1: again. And once again, we're not talking about James Bond. That's There has to be some kind of record tomorrow. Right? I'm sure I'll bring it up at some point. Well, last month was a very like Bond-heavy... Oh, yeah, that's true. was a
0: very Bond-heavy month. Uh, that's true. Month. Yeah. This month, a lot of Ghostbusters. We did but... three Bond episodes last month, and two got released. Yes, sir. Yeah. And I also dropped an old-school one, but... um. I okay. digress. So we're starting off here with the Mongo Double IPA from Port Brewing It is 8% and let's see here. It's their flagship IPA and it harnesses the flavor of Centennial, Columbus, Simcoe, and Cascade Hops. A little piney bitter, bitterness. I like it. I do too. It's good. It's pretty tasty. Yeah. Uh so we just went and saw Ghostbusters Afterlife. And Emma is drinking Crystal Skull vodka still. Mm. So you can join us anytime if you wanna throw some comments in. Okay. Hey Mike, do you remember Proton Packs? Hey Matt. Do
1: you remember Gozer? Do you remember Ectoplasm? Do you remember Ecto 1? Do you remember Ecto-1A? Which should have been in this movie, but it wasn't for some reason. But we'll get there. We don't talk about that. Yeah, we don't talk about Ghostbusters 2, apparently. Do you remember Vigo? The,
0: oh, I'm sorry. No, no, he's not in here either.
1: No, we don't remember Vigo. Hey, do you remember stacked books?
0: That uh, yep. <laughs> I collect uh, spores, funguses, and molds. Remember, that, remember that one throwaway
1: line that's yeah. now a whole like plot point in this movie? It? Well, it's not e- really a plot uh, point. Ego Shandor. Remember Evo Shandor? Evo that's Shandor. The, that's the first one we get. I... I got very nervous right away because we immediately saw the first shot is driving through Shandor mines or whatever. And I was like, oh no. So like our fears, if you listen to the last drunken debacle of an
0: episode Mm -hmm. was, you know, there's going to be member berries left and right. Yeah. Just, Hey, do you remember this? Do you remember that? And is there that in here? Yes. Yeah, there is that, but it's not terrible. Right. Right. So it starts with this mountain in the Shandor Mines, mm-hmm. and you see a huge proton stream go up into the air, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? Yep. And then you got a car speeding um, from the mountain, and <clears throat> there's apparently a ghost on the tail. There's a ghost that's trailing,
1: it's, it's Egon, you find out this is Egon. You get a
0: silhouette of a man where it's yeah, like, it's pretty apparent this Egon Spangler. It
1: looks a whole lot like uh, like older Egon.
0: Right. Yeah. And then he just kind of goes on the porch and holds the trap up at bay. Mm -hmm. And he throws the switch, which you're expecting to be a huge trap, which it it malfunctions. It fizzles. Yeah. So then at that point, this ghost comes in. He hides a trap in his house. Yeah. The ghost comes in and he turns
1: PKE meter into like a stun gun. Does he kill himself? No. So it was really, it wasn't shown very well, but it like... Remember the, the Dana Barrett chair where the arms came through and got her? Yeah. That same happened thing. to his chair, but it was like a really quick cut. And then I guess they just I don't know, he died somehow. He just died. Well the meter turns into a stun gun.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if he killed himself, they gave himself, himself a heart
1: attack or something. Maybe he maybe he did the thing they did in Ghostbusters 2016 where he intentionally killed himself to turn into a ghost. By the way, at this point, because this will uh, become important. Um, I'm okay with how they're handling Harold Ramos at this point. They just basically got a lookalike, and they never showed his face. Right. They did somebody up to look like old Harold Ramos. This has to set this up too.
0: Yeah. But here's here's kind of my, I guess, question about the logic here with this. Somebody who's completely into the spirit world and the occult
1: and all these things shouldn't that have been Ray that was out here in the middle of nowhere doing this? Yes, because. Egon was a scientist. Right. He was only chasing ghosts as a, like, scientific means. In Ghostbusters 2, which we're pretty sure they ignore in this movie, but we're not 100% sure, but I think they do. Yeah. In Ghostbusters 2, it opens up, and he's not a Ghostbuster anymore. He's just off doing other scientific experiments. Right. So I don't get the sense that Egon would have been the one to be like, discover some plot, that, some mystical plot that's going to bring Gozer back again and end the world. But yeah, that should have been Ray. Would have been Ray. But Dan Aykroyd's alive, so we couldn't do that. Yeah, because this makes it more emotional. Right. Kind of.
0: We, so, you know, we, then we get the title scene and then... Here's the thing. I, I don't feel like, especially in the first act, there was a good enough film to keep you occupied and entertained
1: before we're like, all right, get to the fucking proton packs. Yeah, I was, I was kind of like, oh, they had an idea for this movie but didn't have enough stuff to fill it in. It's like there wasn't enough happening. It was very, it was very by the numbers. It yeah. was mom is uh, down on her luck, doesn't have any money, gets evicted from her apartment. Her kids are the guy from Stranger Things. And what was the girl's name? Phoebe? Phoebe. Phoebe. Yeah. It's just, it was all very paint by numbers. So they inherit Egon's old house, and they have to, his old ghost trap house, right. in the middle of nowhere. And they have to go live there. But they, right. like, they were just stretching stuff out for so long. It was like there wasn't enough there. I agree with you 100% on this. Um
0: This movie like we talked about with um No Time to Die was really set back from COVID. I
1: think it was supposed to come out April of last year. The first trailer dropped in like 2019 or something yeah. like that. So yeah. Yeah. Um I did I did notice at the end there was a point where they had to have the year in the movie and they very clearly like CGI'd in what the year was because it was supposed to, it should have been 2020. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about uh, some of the things that, that work in this film. Absolutely, sure. When we start off right off the bat, I think you and I both agreed on this. The absolute best part of this entire film is McKenna Grace. She plays Phoebe Spangler. Yeah. Um, by she far, is
1: fantastic. By far, the best part of this movie. Yeah. It could be so stupid that a child is messing around with ghosts and proton packs. And for some reason it actually works. You believe it. You totally believe it. She's she's like a she's like a child prodigy. She's really into science. There isn't like one thing that I was worried this movie would do is it would make her kind of a Mary Sue, like make her good at everything. But they don't really do that. They no. kind of keep it subdued. She's really interested in science, but she has a, a a knowledge of science that would be appropriate for some sort of like prodigy 10-year-old. She's not perfect in every single way. She's just really into science. And she's very smart, like Spangler. Yeah, she's Spangler's granddaughter. She's Egon's granddaughter.
0: Everything she does in this movie is not them flipping around or, you know, doing, like you said, just everything and. Right. It's not. Being it's, like a showman and all this. No, like she's not, just
1: sciencing everything. Yeah, it's not 2016 Ghostbusters where it's like a weird action movie. Um, they use the, they, the proton packs were used appropriately, they use the technology appropriately. Also,. They don't build the technology. I think it would be less believable if she was, like, building proton packs. But she just finds the proton packs. Yeah. And they do have a half-life of 5,000 years, so they should still be working fine. I'm surprised that wasn't mentioned. I'm surprised it wasn't either! Um, Ghost, Ghost Egon shows up and he's like, they have a half-life of 5,000 years. Glad to see they're still working. Or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, th- th-
0: that worked extremely well. the, th- the thing with, like, uh, Phoebe's mom... Who is played by... I got the thing right here. Carrie Coon. She
1: plays Callie, the mom. She is the worst mother on the face of the earth. She's a terrible mother. She's mean to her children. She's a drunk. She's a drunk. She's bad with money. Bad with money. Um, She's incredibly mean-spirited. Yeah. Which is weird because Paul Rudd's character falls for her in this movie because they gotta have... Do you think... We're skipping ahead. But do you think they they had those two go on a date so it wouldn't be as weird when they turn into the gatekeeper and the key master and have sex with each other. They were like, oh, this is semi-consensual because they were already going that way anyway. Oh, you think it was like an anti-rape thing? I think so.
0: Shit, but in the first Ghostbusters, Sigourney Weaver pretty much rapes Louis Tolley. And it's funny because it was 1984, and <laughs> yeah, we were fighting yeah. that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know, dude, that's a good point. I just, that just you think it was me? intentional? Uh, maybe, because it doesn't make any sense that Paul Rudd's character, I mean, I get it, it's a small town, they're roughly the same age, he probably hasn't seen a woman his own age in like you know a yeah. year
0: she's a fairly good looking woman She's a fairly and good looking woman you can and imagine everybody in that town is a meth
1: head or for sure so he's not getting any <laughs> yeah and he probably saw her and was like oh this will do <laughs> this will do <laughs> she's a horrible monster and evil to her children but i guess this she's a warm body so i guess this will do yeah like her um, daughter's
0: own the science and she's like that's boring yeah i want to hear about uh, it. science science
1: is stupid yeah. what are you a nerd yeah so, well Fuck you, she, mom. She tells her daughter when she's going to school, don't be yourself. Yeah. Make some friends today. Don't be yourself, you yeah. weirdo. It's like, oh, wow, you are awful. Awful, dude. So, yeah, it makes no... And then Paul Rudd is playing Paul Rudd. And it makes no sense that his character would be interested in her. But I think, now that I'm thinking about it, I think they did it so that when they have sex, it's not, like, rapey. Yeah. Even though it's... What? Okay. No. Did you see that jacket? No. Um... Yeah, so I think Phoebe and Paul Rudd worked well together. Their chemistry was good. He's the he's the town science teacher, or no, he's the substitute teacher, but he's a seismologist, and he's out there studying seismic activity because There's earthquakes happening. Yeah, because they're in the middle of nowhere. No fault lines. There's no fault lines. No There's fracking. no fracking. There's no reason for there to be earthquakes, but there are. There are ghost quakes.
0: Yeah. DM.
1: So he's studying that, has no idea what's going on, and is stuck being a science teacher, I guess. And then that's when they kind of meet up. The first, and he's a Ghostbusters fanboy. Yeah. That too. The first thing they find is a PKE meter, <clears throat>
0: and it starts leading, you know, Phoebe all around. Somebody's playing chess with her at night,
1: which is clearly a ghost. At one point, she sees the chess pieces floating. We and we immediately were like, <clears throat> okay, she's playing chess with her grandfather. She's playing chess with Egon. Yeah. And that was cute. It was fine. <clears throat> right. You know? Right. At least they didn't do something stupid like have a ghost Egon come out and play chess with her. Not yet. Not yet, at least. <laughs> so
0: she finds a trap, and like Paul Rudd's fanboy, like you said. Yeah. And they're doing this shit
1: again in this movie. It's so stupid. <clears throat> There's a point, multiple times in this movie, they go on YouTube to look up videos of the Ghostbusters. They right. see, they see uh, um, the commercial that they did in the original one. They see them coming out of uh, the apartment building after they have defeated Gozer. So it's like, we can see with our own eyes, everybody can see with their own eyes that ghosts are real, The Ghostbusters really fought them all. It was like, it's a thing. And yet everybody in this movie still doesn't think ghosts exist. It's the exact same problem that we had in Ghostbusters 2. Again, I said this multiple times on the last podcast.
0: There was a 500-foot marshmallow man Walking in the streets of New York,
1: how do you just like pretend that didn't happen? Yeah, you just uh, or it was a trick or whatever. If 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 in Ghostbusters 1, <sighs> the supernatural stuff was kept purely on the top floor where nobody else could see it. It was them versus Gozer and and nobody else could see what was going on. Then you could be like, Alright, well maybe everyone just doubted what was happening here, or whatever. But when the giant stay-puffed marshmallow man comes trundling down the street, and well we think we, we think they ignored Ghostbusters 2 in this one. But it happened again. The Statue of Liberty came walking down the street, too. In a scene I hate. Although it might not be my least favorite Ghostbusters ending anymore. (laughs) Now that I think about it. Yeah,
0: well. (laughs) So then, you know, as you go on. Well, Finn Wolfcock, or whatever his name is. He is completely useless in this
1: movie. He's trying to play, like... The Stranger Things character. Yeah, he's just doing Stranger Things, kid. He's trying to play, like, 1980s teenager. It's such... This movie... I guess it was kind of fun because it felt like... It did feel a little bit like an 80s throwback with Spielberg. the with the kids. Very Spielbergian. It was yeah. like... Which Ghostbusters never was, but that's besides the point. It's like E.T. Yeah. But like, the kids were like... It, it's set in modern day, but it the kids feel like they were out of like the set late 70s or 1980s. It was like intentional that. too because they're For playing sure. a lot of 50s and you know. They're playing like bebop music yeah. and, and like yeah and 50s pop. The kids like all get, the kids all get a job at the hamburger stand. It's like a drive-in or it's a yeah it's literally a um, roller skates. It's a yeah it's like a it's a fucking sonic. Yeah it's sonic with the with the girls on roller skates delivering food to the car. It's a it's a drive-in hamburger joint. Yeah. Which don't exist anymore. Yeah. And so they all the kids work there all the appropriately multi-ethnic children work there um <laughs> even though this is the middle of oklahoma um every 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 race is represented in this hick yeah. town where's
0: where's the meth heads where's yeah that's this? what i want to see
1: that's like, that's meth bad representation show the real representation. yeah um but then like there's a scene where they all get in the back of this like el camino which nobody would be driving it's like in perfect it's a perfect condition el camino yeah the 40 year old car at this point 45 year old car at this point no kid would- A 16 year old kid in the middle of oklahoma would be driving that but they have one and they just drive it out to the quarry and then they sit around and like i don't know build a campfire or something and i'm just like kids wouldn't act like that they'd yeah. all be on their phones hundred percent it feels like something out of the 80s they, they,
0: they make a quick reference to like oh i don't have any bars out here and that's oh, it yeah
1: and, i guess you're right they do don't they but you they feel come. like
0: it's all of a sudden you're transported back in time which
1: yeah I and guess ghostbusters so.
0: was never that dude
1: no it was a movie about sleazy hucksters in the 1980s yeah. oh by the way there's a reagan there's a reagan reference in this about like how good how the good the good years and we mentioned reagan i brought that up yeah. yeah because
0: ghostbusters one was
1: about reaganomics cool. and anti-regulation yeah, it was like anti-regulation and starting a business and you know all that stuff and 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 it was all like reaganomics the movie when she and calls Dan Aykroyd. it's like, like, Reagan was... Oh, God. Yeah, we're going to get to that scene. But, like, Dan Aykroyd does this giant exposition dump, dump at one point. It's like five straight minutes of him just filling us in on what happened yeah. in the last 35 years. And, yeah, he literally says, like, things were good. It was 1984. Reagan was president. and Business was booming. And it's like, oh, wow, we're still doing this? <laughs> like, really? Oh, my gosh. It's 2020, and we're still talking about Reaganomics? That's, oh, my goodness. But, okay... Um, yeah it, it, it was a little yeah, it's On blood. the nose like, It's so on the nose I guess it, like, I guess the stuff with the kids is fine You know it, is, it does feel Kind of like a throwback But Ghostbusters Wasn't a throwback No You didn't have like Les Paul music In Ghostbusters Like 1950s dance music In Ghostbusters It was a very Contemporary movie About 1984 in New York <coughs> this, this takes you To some like Alternate timeline Where we go Back in time I don't know Little That was a little strange. Oh, yeah, I odd. agree, dude. Yeah, um, it was
0: really odd. Phoebe brings this trap to summer school, right? Yeah. And uh they end up releasing.
1: I would guess. So it was the the dogs are Zool and what? The dogs are Vince Clortho and Vince Clortho, but they never say Vince Clortho. or Not Clortho's. This one. They never say it. Yeah. And I wish they did because it's such like a funny. Like, Zool and Vince. I don't know why that's so funny to me, but it is. Yeah. Um, uh, So those are the dogs. This ghost was like, I appreciated that Slimer was not in this movie. Because they easily could have thrown Slimer in. And I appreciated that they at least had enough restraint to not throw Slimer in. But this ghost was like the Slimer stand-in. Kind of looked like Slimer. He ate metal. That was his thing. And shot it out like a machine gun. And shot it out of his mouth like a machine gun, which, whatever. If a a ghost can give a blowjob to Dan Aykroyd, I guess the ghost can eat through (laughs) metal. So, uh, when Phoebe finally
0: finds most of the equipment, she knows this shit's legit now. Uh, The first scene where she
1: gets the proton pack I thought was very well done. I enjoyed it yeah uh yeah sorry i was just thinking the the ghost they let out wasn't the slimer ghost it was one of the dogs i'm pretty sure correct that's right oh i I sorry yeah i got confused there for a second um yeah when they first used the proton pack i like it the proton packs look old and janky they look like they'd be from the 1980s which i i enjoyed i'm glad they didn't like refresh they kind of did do the force awakens thing where they, they like really got the look right Like, when we we see the Millennium Falcon in The Force Awakens, it looks like a broken-down Millennium Falcon. I feel like they added some gimmicks to the Proton Pack. In fact, I know they they, did. They did, because it's like, the Proton Pack's never had that many buttons. And also, there was something that, like, shot out of the end of it, and that wasn't in the original, I don't think. No. Yeah, it was weird. I'm pretty sure the original Proton Pack in the first was just, like, a vacuum cleaner on a backpack or something like that. Yeah. And in this one, they definitely added some stuff to it, but, like, that's, you know, it still looked good.
0: I agree. Yeah, but, fine. you know, one of the ghosts, the, the slimer. The slime. The diet slimer? Yeah. yeah. Metal uh, slimer. He escaped when they were at the well. Yes. Number one shoots that's out? Right. How? When we see what happens later?
1: Uh. Because we needed a slimer in the movie? Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. It makes no
0: sense. But it's a great scene where she's. With podcasts, we didn't even talk about podcasts. Yeah, he's fine. There's an Asian kid named Podcast. Appropriately
1: multi ethnic.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And he's Hollywood is doing this lately where like the conspiracy theorist is the hero.
1: Yeah, maybe we should right. stop doing that. Because <laughs> guess what? It's fine in movies, not in real life. And they're always right. Yeah, they're always right. They're always the crazy ones that turn out. Even who did this first was, uh, well, maybe not first, but um, Independence Day. Remember, like, the crazy kooky guy in Independence Day? Yeah. It was like, yeah. And he ended up being right the whole time? Well, recently, yeah. like, Godzilla
0: vs. Kong, the, the guy was a conspiracy theorist. Okay. He turns out to be right. Of course. Um, there, there's one movie, the Ruin Emmerich movie coming out. It's the same thing. The guy's a conspiracy theorist. He turns out to be right. And this movie's the same shit. So they're really, like, making
1: that thing now, dude. Hey, Hollywood, I know you're listening. Stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. These guys are only right in movies. And the rest of the time, they're wrong 99% of the time. 100%. Yeah, so he's into... He, he has a podcast. He is funny. I think he's cute. He's, yeah, he, their chemistry is great, too. Their chemistry is really, really good. Again, this could be, like, kids as leads is such a dangerous thing. 100%. It works pretty well in Stranger Things, but they have a lot of people around them, too. There's a lot of supporting cast. Yeah. Um. And uh, these two just pull it off Yeah. so well. You know, and it also goes to show that, like... Another thing that Ghostbusters 2016 got super wrong is making it an action movie, and Ghostbusters wasn't an action movie. Like Theoretically, old men and children could be Ghostbusters because you're just firing a proton pack. You're just, right. you're just firing a piece of tech. You're not doing anything. Right. Yeah. So I like that. Well, I think that there's differences definitely
0: between those two endings. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, big differences. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> but yeah. The, first, the first chase, though, like... I was expecting to hate it, because I'm a huge cynic, and I was expecting it to be gimmicky, but the first chase with Ecto-1, we get Thin Wolfhard driving yeah. driving the car, uh, Phoebe is in the back, and there's a gunner seat, which was never in any of the Ghostbusters. That was just that was just a thing. Like, maybe the was, real Ghostbusters, the cartoon. Okay, yeah, maybe. That was, I didn't yeah. watch that, so I don't know. But, like... I was expecting to hate that because that's in the pre... It's in the trailers. Well, Matt, I don't think you were born yet when that <laughs> no, I definitely was song. not. No, 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 no. Yeah. And, and so, like, that was in the trailers and I was kind of expecting to roll my eyes at that point and be like, oh, fuck, they're going to turn into action Ghostbusters. But they really didn't. It was done really well. She's just, she's just chasing a ghost. Yeah. I like that the kid updated the... Um, Ghost trap to put it on like a hot or like a an AC car. Did he do that though, or did I think it's implied that he did it because he has it? Mm. I guess I guess she would have done it because she's like scientist. But, yeah, um, I like that. I thought that was a nice little addition. I like that chase. It was good. It was a good chase. Yeah, yeah it was a. Uh, um, it was fun because you 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 know where it's going to end. You know they're going to get in a lot of trouble. They're ultimately underage children driving the car and destroying half the city with proton packs. Um, but yeah, it was a good chase. It was At the
0: same time, Paul Rudd is is going on a date now with their mom. Yeah, with Mrs. Freeze. And I love how the podcast was like. I think uh, what's his name?
1: His name was um, Mr. Mugley. It was like it was it was like Gary Google Googleheim or something like that. It <laughs> <That> was really <laughs> silly. Now I gotta look it up. I think, it, I think his first name was Gary and his last name was something. He,
0: he the kid literally says in this movie though. I think uh, Gary's
1: trying to bone down with your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. They didn't like. They didn't water. They didn't sand down any of the rough no. edges. Like they went for it, which I thought was great. Yeah. Um, and again, they're on the worst first date of all time because he's talking about science and she's like, "Science is stupid. I hate science." If you're that guy, wouldn't you be like? I mean, again, he hasn't seen a woman his own age who's not a are There's some
0: restaurant year. that looks like a hometown buffet or it, something it, like that. They got these Buddha cups with little straws. It was like,
1: yeah, it was like a shitty Chinese restaurant that you would see, I guess, in a town like this. So maybe that's appropriate. I don't know. But they're, they're, on the, they're also on the first date in the middle of the day, which I thought was kind of weird. Yeah. But we need their date to coincide with the first chase. So that's why it was the middle of the day. Yeah. <laughs> so they catch Diet Slimer and then they get arrested they called him something they called him like the muncher
0: or something what like was that. the um, what was Finn Wolfhard's uh, love interest what, what was what was her name again? Uh, girl
1: Lu- Lucky her name was Lucky her name was Lucky uh, that was never was said in the movie I'm convinced that was never said in the movie well her name was Lucky I feel like I would have picked up on that she's there's no reason for her to be in this movie except he's a teenager and I guess he needs a love interest that's all I got she does nothing in the film. There's yeah. one point where she steals a police car and, and we think she's going to do something with that, but then she doesn't. Right. And she sort her, of disappears. Her dad's a sheriff and yeah. they arrest him now. Yeah. Oh. And then she's like, don't I
0: get my one phone call? I, this is where you audibly cringed. The I theater. audibly
1: cringed so hard in the theater. I think I got who looks. Who you going to call? He comes in. <laughs> they say, don't we get our one phone call? And he looks directly at the camera and says, so who you going to call? This is played by uh, Bokeem Woodbine, which he's been in a ton of shit. But He, look, he looked familiar. Yeah. I, you know when that actor said the line on set, a little piece of him died inside. He almost winked at the camera and he, he was did. like, Bing. <laughs> I said, I said, the thing. I said, are you going to call? Yeah. And so, uh, which, uh, by the way, one, I was kind of shocked. I think it plays a little bit at the end. But the Ghostbusters theme does not play in this movie. It does at the end. It, it does at the yeah. end, yeah. But I was like, I was expecting it to pop up. We also don't get... We haven't really, we haven't really mentioned the, the, like, the overall tone of this movie yet. But this is not really a comedy. No. Speak to that. Would you, would you grab me one, too? I will. This almost has the feeling of like a... Spe- yeah, it really feels like a Spielberg movie. It's... It has funny moments... There were lines that, there were there were lines that like had me chuckling, particularly between like TV and podcast. Those were probably and Paul Rudd too had some funny lines, but it wasn't an outright comedy. I guess it was like a family drama. But yeah, I mean it it wasn't funny, but they weren't failing to not be funny. They weren't trying to be funny. The only like when the original Ghostbusters finally do show up later, we get like a, what again was clearly a improvised Bill Murray monologue, which wasn't great. Um, That's one thing about this movie. This would um, be wasted on me. Really? Oh yeah, I'm a sour, is not my... Oh,
0: well that was in there from the last podcast. Oh, Louis was must have. So you can grab, well, anyhow, the next thing I
1: grabbed is a Sierra Nevada uh, Celebration. IPA. Celebration IPA. Official Beer of Christmas. At least for, for me it is. Okay. I drink roughly 1,000 of these between Thanksgiving Day and... Is that right? Yeah, I drink a lot of these. I, I, sure? I, I like them. They're, it's, it's, you know, it's simple. It's, like a, it's an old school style, but comes out every Christmas. I dig it. But yeah, it wasn't like a comedy. It wasn't no. a funny movie. It was a... I guess that's a good way to do Ghostbusters because my complaint about Ghostbusters 2 and definitely 2016 Ghostbusters is you're never going to recreate the magic of the first one So I guess if you're going to do more Ghostbusters movies, change up the theme. Do something completely different. And I guess it's not a bad way to go. It wasn't wasn't a bad movie. It just wasn't funny. It wasn't a comedy. No. Yeah. The first one was a
0: comedy, but an unintentional comedy. They're not like, you know, like 2016, for
1: example, was like, uh, did you hear my queef? Eh? Did you hear that? Eh? Did you hear my fart? Yeah. What if I told you it actually came out the yeah. front? Eh?
0: Uh, look, it's like Saturday Live. It's yeah, like it SNL is. skit.
1: It's like it was like rapid fire, just throw a million jokes out. Maybe yeah. somebody will laugh at one or two. Yeah. Um, this was and 1984 Ghostbusters was um, a basically a funny because it was so deadpan and because those guys were so funny and the lines were funny. Yeah. So it was a great comedy because it wasn't trying so hard to be a comedy. This goes in the completely opposite direction. So when you get a line like in a jail, when you get a line like "Who are you gonna call?" you laugh so hard because it's like, ah, oh, yeah, it's so out of place. I know. Anyway, so she calls Dan Aykroyd, who is still in. This is the only thing they acknowledge from Ghostbusters too. The occult shop. Yeah. By the way, the, the phone. The this isn't really important, but the. The number that she gets, she sees the uh, Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters ad on YouTube, and she writes down the number, the 555 whatever number. And that's the number that she calls when she gets her one phone call in jail. And that number is apparently still hooked up to raise a cult bookstore. Which makes no sense, because Ray would just be using an iPhone at this point. He stays on the phone with her for way too long. I think, I think he's on the phone with her for like 45 minutes. <laughs> and it's just a giant exposition dump. Yeah, It's like, he, he, she asks him about the Ghostbusters and about Egon, and he says, Egon Spangler can rot in hell. And she's like, oh, well, he just died. He's like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Let me fill you in on the last 35 years of what's been going on. So, What happened to you? Well, it was the 1980s, and things were good. Reagan was president. Business was great. We were getting 10 phone calls a week. Then the phone calls started drying up, and I... One of them said, maybe we did our job too well. We caught all the ghosts. Peter Bankman said that. Peter Bankman said that. And then he was like, uh, oh, and then, you know, uh, things started dying down. And then one day, Egon disappeared with all of our and proton packs. And cleaned them out, yeah. Cleaned, it, cleaned us out and took our, uh, took all of our, our proton packs and our ghost traps and all this stuff. And, uh, well, oh, firehouse is now a Starbucks. Firehouse is now a Starbucks. And I work in the bookshop. And Bankman's now a professor of marketing for some reason. And, uh, uh um, what's his, what's his name? <laughs> Ernie, uh, Winston. Ernie Hudson, yeah, Winston, Winston became a billionaire in the finance industry, and it's like, it's like, okay, we don't need to hear everything that happened. I'm surprised you didn't tell us what Louis Tully was up to these days. I wanted to hear that. Me
0: too. Janine makes an appearance in the very beginning of the movie where she was basically
1: keeping the bills paid. She was taking care of Egon. Yes. Because he couldn't take care of, he, you know, scientist guy, can't take care of himself, so he would show up to pay the bills, make sure everything was straight, make sure he had food or whatever. Can,
0: can, I, can I speak to something at a personal level, though? Because I, I just want to say one thing. That okay. is very realistic in a sense, based on my own personal experiences with somebody that I know personally. You might even say they're going to be family someday. Oh. That is, like, a genius. Like, he's done lasers and all kinds of bullshit like that. Oh, yeah. But when it comes to things like that, he's not good at it at all. And he relies on somebody... He relies on his daughter... To kind of get him through these things, right? I think I know who you're referring to. Yeah, I think you know how I'm (laughs) (laughs) referring to.
1: But it's true. Like, with with genius-level people, they can build ghost traps, but can't tie their shoes and make themselves oatmeal in the morning. Oh, yeah, I'll just say it. My my
0: future father-in-law, like, he has problems with those things. But when I'm talking to him, like, I asked him about some of his
1: patents. Mm -hmm. He's built, like, fucking laser guns. Like, the proton packs,
0: goddamn. Yeah. And he's trying to explain to me how these things work. And I'm just like an idiot looking at him this entire time. And I'm a fairly intelligent guy,
1: but, but dude, but those can't guys keep are that. Those guys are like ne- on the next He's level.
0: He's talking about how the atom drops off here and it splits, and I'm like, dude, yeah, no way. You know, if anybody could catch a ghost and contain it, it would be
1: Alan Popiakowski oh. for sure. We have a we have a big commitment on the podcast here, so I will see you at the bachelor party. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like it it, it it that does that does make sense. It's But well, you would love her dad cuz he's a huge Bond fan. Oh no, we're going to meet at some point yeah, and we're going to talk about a lot sure. of, a lot of James Bond. For like sure. Like all the James Bond. Um yeah, like it does make sense that she pop in and in this case, this could feel forced. It could feel like a forced cameo. But it's established in the first movie that she has a thing for Egon, so it makes sense that all these years later, even right. if they were just friends or whatever, um, although it's never established who the mom of or who the who Egon had a child. I'm wondering about that. Like, yeah, because it's like our, our our, my father abandoned us, and it's like who was mom? Who was your mother?
0: Did Egon have a loving relationship with a woman, and then he left his family, or was this a hooker he fucked and yeah, he got like, her pregnant? That's and the, what I got. Then because there's this creepy like she she gets let in with the PK meter. Down to the basement, yeah. and the lights are guiding her. And then you see, like he's been stalking her this entire time. Yeah, which is supposed to be an endearing moment, but it's, but not. it's, it's also weird. creepy. It's weird, yeah, because
1: yeah, this is like the daughter he never had a relationship with. Yeah, but he has a poster board of all of her pictures. Like, yeah, it's very strange. I, I mean, you, you don't get the sense from the original film that Egon would be capable of having a loving relationship with a woman mm-hmm. because he's so obsessed with his science. You get the sense that, like, yeah, he. This was a one night stand. Maybe her mom was the ghost that blew Dan Aykroyd in the first (laughs) one. That's why she hates science and ghosts so much. (laughs) There we
0: go, dude. Um, Yeah, like the the interactions between Egon and Janine, when she comes out from underneath the desk and she's like, do you have any hobbies? He's like, I collect spores, funguses, and molds. It's like spores, molds, and funguses. Then, of course, you go down into his basement, and he's got spores, spores fungus,
1: funguses. Yeah. Do you remember spores, molds, and funguses? <laughs> it's all right. It's the there, whole dude. thing in this one. Yeah. One thing that I didn't like, one of the member berries I did not like at all was the stacked books. Oh, yeah. They walk into, the, they walk into the, the house, and for no reason at all, there's a stack of books, just like the stack of books from the New York Public Library in the first movie. But, like... That was in the first movie because they were in the New York Public Library, and it was just a weird visual. It's... Most of these references, I was really fine with. They were all okay. There was a couple that drove me crazy, and this was kind of one of them. And they just left it, and nobody ever commented on it. Nobody ever walked in and was like, "Why, why is this? Why are these books stacked like that?" That's literally a line in the first one. They walk in and they go, "Who stacks books like this?" Like, yeah. They never mentioned this one. There's just a stack of books in the house the whole time. Right. So the kids go
0: uh, back down into the mine. Mm-hmm.
1: Or they go into the mine for the first time. Yeah. They go, they go down into the mine to explore. And I, I really like this set. It reminds me of like Temple of Doom or something. It's like fucking that. awesome. It's really cool. It looks good. Like you can tell this movie was made with tender loving care. 100%. And Jason Reitman wanted to do a good job. Nothing about this was slapdash. That's this part of the charm. It's par- it is part of his charm. Like the sets look really good. The special effects are really good. I like that They're still using some practical stuff for the dogs not there was a lot of CG when they were moving which is fine But like when you get them up close they're They're real and I like that and this all looks great and basically this mine was a a secondary temple for Gozer that uh, uh, Shandor built which again also makes sense like if you're the leader of a cult you and you're building these temples You wouldn't just build one you would build multiple um, So that's that's all cool. I love that um, it looks, it looks amazing, and we find... I think this is a pretty cool concept. Earlier in the, in the film, when the kids are up by the mine having their 1970s fever dream picnic or whatever they're doing, um, we find out that the mine was closed in, like, the 40s because the workers kept throwing themselves down the mine shaft and killing themselves. And when we get down into the mine, we see this big temple, and then we see a well that basically looks like a well of souls. It's like a well of ghosts that are all around the bottom... And proton packs start firing off. This is the moment that I thought the Ghostbusters were going to show up. I thought they were going to be firing those proton packs, like stopping the ghosts and saving And they the should have. That would have been a better moment, but it wasn't. Egon had built an automatic proton pack thing that shot directly into this well to keep the ghosts at bay, which I thought was really clever. I liked that a lot.
0: The statue, too, of Gozer. There's a huge statue of Gozer, and there's a bunch of statues of people, like, clawing and trying to climb up yeah. to Dozer, then you've got zool and vince cortos as the dogs mm-hmm. on opposite sides right and yeah. then you've got evo shandor yeah in case preserved once the ghosts start rising up he like resurrects and he looks at, at he, like turns a podcast. Head. and it's played by um oh shit what the hell is his name like they should have gotten Wee herman to play it it's a big actor that plays this role for such a small part jk simmons
1: that's J.K. Simmons? That's J.K. Simmons. Whoa! J.K. Yeah. Simmons in a lot of makeup. Yeah. You know, like, he's probably a fan of Ghostbusters. So they probably came to him and they were like, hey, do you want to be Ivor... I was his name? Ivan Chandor?
0: Finn Wolfcock didn't know he was uh, auditioning for this. He, they had no idea what this role was. What did he think he was auditioning
1: for? Str- I don't know. Stranger Things again? Stranger Things <laughs> the movie? <laughs> um, they brought him in and they were like, hey, you know that thing you do on TV? Just, Just do that here. But it was a a cool setup. Um, It's a really neat... I wish they spent more time there because it's a neat... It's a neat set. It looks really good. I agree 100%. Wait, you know what I just realized? We're skipping ahead, but at the end... Not the end, but like the beginning of the third act. They're back at this cave. They're back in this setup. This temple is essentially what we find out it is. But they have the car down there. How'd they get the car down there? You do? Yeah, they do. Oh, you're right. <laughs> how do they get the car down there? Very good question. <laughs> Whatever, it doesn't matter. It's fine. So it's a, it's a cool set. It's a really cool set. And and I love the, the setup that we get with uh with the proton packs, like the automatic proton packs. It's such a, a fun, like, science-y thing that absolutely that's right. something that Egon would do. And they've got dates. And they yeah. have the um
0: I forget the name of it, but something in Russia that Ray references in the beginning. Yeah, it was like... Like, there's enough kinetic energy since the Calypso collapse of yeah, 1970. Yeah, that's right. Whatever. So, and then 84, yeah. which is a ghost... They do not... Dude, 2 is
1: not... 2 is not mentioned. It, because they would put 89 Then there, there. I guess 2 isn't Gozer. It's not Gozer, though. So, you're so right. I guess that's tr- like, that's the thing. But they, they they skip over 89 Ghostbusters pretty much entirely. Yeah. So I I... I think we can safely say they're going to ignore that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like, so that's all really cool. And then, but this is, after this is when... Vince Clortos has escaped. Has escaped. And he's going after Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd has just finished up his date. In the Walmart. He's in Walmart. This this sponsored by Walmart, Weber, and Baskin Robbins. Yes. The product placement in this scene is... Horrible. Woof. Horrible. Uh, Paul Rudd walks up to a, an ice cream, like the, the frozen stand... And he's like, he's like, oh, what kind of ice cream should I get? Oh. Well, you're going to buy one of the 58 flavors of Baskin Robbins right in front of you.
0: And I think the flavor he names is something they made specific just for this movie. Oh, was it
1: really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was probably like Stay Put Caramel or something like that. Yeah, but Weber, I
0: mean, you oh. fucking name it. It's all in here. Oh, Puppy Chow? Was Puppy Chow featured? Yeah, because Vince Corthos is, is it's right, he's eating, eating the Puppy dog Chow. food. And that can't be that fucking demon's name, right?
1: It is. It's, it's Vince it's how is it Zool and Vince Clorthos? I know that's why, that's why it's so funny <laughs> it's Zool and Vince which is
0: funny but are, and this is where I told Matt I said I guarantee you he's gonna be the key master yeah. and the mom is gonna be the gatekeeper. You nailed that one. 100%. I nailed a lot of this stuff. You nailed
1: a lot of this stuff. There was multiple times where Mike would turn to me and he'd be like, okay, this is what's gonna happen. And like in the end. 45 seconds later. And that was like way before yeah, the end. Yeah, Mike called the end about 30 minutes before the end of the movie. Okay, this was probably the scene, the, the, the member berry scene that bothered me the most was the state puff marshmallow for two reasons. First of all, if your mascot, has attempted to destroy New York City, you'd think he would rebrand. I don't believe that Stay Puft just left their marshmallow brand alone. Right. But also, Stay Puft, in the first movie, it didn't have any kind of significance. It didn't... It didn't... Ghost didn't care about Stay Puft. Gozer became the Stay Puff marshmallow man because Ray happened to think about it. Yeah. It was just a coincidence. Yeah. So it makes no sense that in this movie, like in the world of the movie... The Stay Puff marshmallows have to come alive again. Yeah. I'm not even sure why they come alive, because Vince Clorthos is elsewhere. He's the dog elsewhere waiting to find the gatekeeper or the key master. And for no reason at all, the puff marshmallows come alive and they do a bunch of cute things and I guess to, to sell product. To sell product, and I guess I yeah, right. They dance on the Weber and they they use a KitchenAid blender and <laughs> I was like, oh, God. They drink a Coca-Cola. Um, and, like, I guess it worked because the absolute... And I hate to use this word, but the general American public. But the popcorn-munching retards around us were all laughing their asses off at this scene. And I wanted to turn around and be like, the fuck is wrong with you? This isn't funny. This is just stupid. Yeah, Like, Stay Puff Stay Pu- doesn't have... There's no meaning to it. It was just a thing in the first movie. But now we have... You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the um, the Porgs in The Last Jedi. Oh, Those yeah. Those little things. And it was like, we don't need these. They're yeah. in this movie, this otherwise very to sell toys. movie. They're just in here to sell toys. Yeah. And they're just in here to get a cheap laugh. Yeah. And the Stay puff marshmallows in this movie were just in here to get a cheap laugh. And I you know agree. what? It did. It worked. Everyone was laughing except me. I was dying in my scene. wasn't either. No, Mike was not laughing. My soul was melting. My yes. Our soul was melting like that marshmallow that jumped on the Weber. This scene brought to you by Weber. It was so stupid. There was like eighty Stay puff Marshmallows running around doing just cutesy things for no reason at all. So obviously the dog possesses Paul Rudd at this point. Yeah, I like. Like I said, I like the dog. It's a most when it's still. It's a practical effect. It's just like a rubber dog. I'm, I appreciate that they did that. It goes CGI when it starts to run, which is fine. It looked really good, but I appreciated a real thing to look at. Once
0: he's possessed, Paul Rudd uh, throws a, the big proton thing up. Blows the whole thing up and all yeah. the ghosts come out and now Zul possesses the mom.
1: Zul possesses the mom. There was some disturbing imagery right here. Yeah, okay. So we get the mom is now possessed by Zul and she's in the same position as Dana Bear is in. She's like sitting in a chair and the kids come in.
0: I thought this was well done too. Both possessions. Yeah, me too. To a certain point. But the mom was very creepy in that chair because she's got the red eyes this
1: time. Yeah. There was one thing that I didn't like about the possession, but we'll get there, because it's in the next scene. Well, it's not that I didn't like it. It was just so gut-bustingly stupid that I laughed out loud. Um, but there's a scene where they come in, and she's doing the voice. She's doing the demon voice, and she's like... Hyperventilating. Hyperventilating. She's doing exactly the same thing Dana Barrett did, which is fine. She's, but she's doing the, are you the, the key master? And she grabs the little kid. that starts caressing him. Now, we had a whole thing in our last podcast about what it takes... For the key master and the gatekeeper to unite and, and and it was very graphic and it was very graphic and very specific and so let's just say i'm really glad the kid was not the key master well, wouldn't that have taken a turn for i wouldn't have oh. expected that one. Oh god it was so weird i didn't know this was a brian singer that's film. one way to pop your cherry huh oh. a brian singer film <laughs> for you a poppy cherry before you hit puberty. No shit. And you're raped by a demon. Uh, anyway, I guess it was. I appreciated that they went for it. Like I appreciated that they did the joke because they could. They could have sanitized it, but like we, the 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 older fans knew exactly what was going on, and we all thought it was funny. If you're a child seeing this movie, you wouldn't get it at all. But the ghost of all escaping the mountain, which is just mirrored to the containment unit scene, is very like brushed over. That bothered me because. The whole point of, in the first one, when the containment unit gets turned off, the ghosts escape, then they have to go, you know, like, the, the whole thing is like, oh my gosh, you just undid all of our work. Now we have to go catch all these and ghosts. And you really and get a or sense
0: whatever. the ghosts are terrorizing New York. Yeah. Here, here it's like, oh eh,
1: there's a few. This, this, um, this town does the same thing that happened in the train fight inspector, where as soon as the train fight breaks out, all the people disappear. And in this movie, as soon as the ghosts break out, all the people disappear. Same with the Walmart. Uh, yeah, the Walmart. There's no only one the in there. Yeah. Maybe they couldn't afford extras. I don't know what the budget on this movie was. But. <laughs> but, like, there's a scene later on where they break into the police station and there's just no cops there. Yeah. Like, at all. They steal a cop car. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, like, the whole town just deserts. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, so we now have our two possessed people. They have this exchange... Is this what you're referring to? The specific thing that I was referring to was the mom is possessed and she walks up to Paul Rudd who's doing, they're clearly doing an homage to the first one. It's cringe though. It's very cringe. Paul Rudd is laying out like splayed out. Gives her a daisy. Gives her a daisy. But what she does is she rips off her dress and for no reason at all her dress turns into Dana Barrett's dress from the first one or at least a version of it. It's like short and sparkly why did that happen? It's so weird. Like, does does Gozer or Zool, Does Zul give you the ability to like turn your clothes into something else? I liked that. She like dude. she ripped. I didn't hate it. I, just I thought liked it. Weird. It was just so strange. It was like, wait, what? What I didn't like
0: was the little improv scene right there where she's like, I like your eyes.
1: Yeah. Well, again, the scene has to be less rapey than it was in nineteen eighty four. Even though it's not because they're both demons and they're both into it. They want to just climb each other's bones. Right. But in 2021, we have to get, like, consent. The demons have to get consent. So they had to be, like, they had to, like, flirt for a minute. Remember that
0: one scene? Did you go back? they're like, oh, is this Gozer? Is this her? And then Phoebe's like, Gozer's not a man or a woman. Oh, yeah. And then that one chick's like, oh, that's pretty woke for uh, thousands of years ago or something. I was like, all right, sure, we get it. I
1: guess, I guess that's funny. I guess I don't know. And it's like
0: they say that in eighty four.
1: Yeah, Winston or Egon goes, it's Gozer. Yeah.
0: And Winston goes, I thought Gozer was a man, and Egon says, it's whatever it wants to be. Yeah, it's it's very subtle. Yeah, like it's a non human entity. Yeah, it can be whatever it wants to be. Right, but in this, yeah. There wasn't a ton of, of that in here, but that part right there, I was like, ah. There wasn't much of that really. At it's all. kind of a
1: throwaway line, though, so. It's pretty throwaway. Okay. It's fine. Yeah. Um, we grab one more celebration. Absolutely right. It's pretty good. A quick review on Celebration. It is a very serviceable but good IPA. Serviceable. Yeah. No, it's good. It's very good. There's a bunch of shit in here, dude, from the last time. I know. Thank you. Yes, sir. So yeah, I guess Ghostbusters is progressive now. Because the demons ask for permission before having sex with each other to bring about the god that destroys all mankind. We still never answered the question, like... Well, I won't bring it up. Oh, are we going to go back there again? No, we won't do go back think, there. Do we think Paul Rudd... Uh, where do we think Paul Rudd finished? <laughs> all right, so we're going there. We won't, we won't rehash Paul that. Paul Rudd seems like such a gentleman... Yeah, he's just straight missionary. Yeah, he shakes her hand when he's done. Well, Rick Moranis, he's gentleman too, right? No, Rick Moranis, you know he's a freak in the sheets. Come if Vankman was possessed, then he for sure would have been finishing. Well, because Rick race. Moranis is so oh, Vankman would be oh god, if Vankman was possessed. Yeah. Uh, no, Rick Moranis, he's such a nerd that when you and you know he's so like tightly wound, but when you get him in the bedroom, that's where he goes crazy. You
0: made this point on the last podcast. You said. Lewis Tully, the only character in this entire franchise to yeah. get
1: laid twice. Absolutely, <laughs> in both he movies. Sex. He is the only one to get laid twice. Yeah. Bill Murray, despite his best efforts, not even once. No, but you, I guess it's safe to assume that him and Dana had a relationship. We'll, they have a well, relationship. we'll get to that too in this movie. Oh yeah, we will. Oh, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so all right, so so the ghosts are out and it's completely glossed over. We get a number member Barry because we get the cab driver from the first one or the the demon cab driver from the first one just like shows up in a coffee shop and it's like, "Hey, I remember that." And there's like one or two more unique ghosts and that's about it. It's about it. It's completely glossed over. They also they also like um I mean, this is the end of the movie, but they end up saving the town in the most like mundane pedestrian way. Like They catch all the ghosts again all at once using a giant trap, which is just like, eh. Okay. When they go
0: back to the mountain, though, the, do- or the key master and the gatekeeper have boned down at this point. Consensually. They go back to the stand. It's the same exact thing where they get shot
1: by lightning and turn into dogs. It is the exact same thing as the first movie, down to the look of the altar, except it's underground at this point. And which, the again, difference.
0: it's a great set, so it's fine. With Gozer this time, because they still have the altar, right? And the steps and all that. <clears throat> There's no portal that Gozer comes out of. No. She climbs out of the well. The
1: well, that's right. And it's very oh, creepy. Yeah. It's really creepy. There's some creepy imagery in this movie. I love the design of Gozer in this. Me, I think Gozer looked really good. It yeah. could have been stupid. Well, it gets stupid. But it, it starts really, really good. Yeah. It, Gozer looked great. It could have been like, oh, you did a CGI thing. And they kind of do that. But it looks really, really good. The design is creepy. I love how Gozer I love Gozer in this movie. Like arguably it's, I agree. Arguably it's better than the first. Mm-hmm. Um I agree. Yeah, but like I like how Gozer clearly knows people are there but doesn't care. Like she or he is just there to cause chaos and destruction.
0: How do you what's the pronouns for that? They. They.
1: They, they. so they are there. They are there. To just um to just cause chaos and yeah. destruction.
0: Phoebe starts telling all these jokes, which is just going Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy. See, holy shit, this is
1: where this is where I start to cringe very Maybe you hard. won't like Guardians of the Galaxy. This <laughs> is where I'm like, well, may, I don't know, maybe like I'm okay with cheesy jokes and stuff like that, but like, and I guess it's a setup and a payoff, which I do love in a movie, because she's telling cheesy jokes earlier in the movie. But like, hate to compare it to the first one, but you have to. The first one, to. the setup is so perfect in the first one. Dan Aykroyd walks up they're scared shitless they walk up and they just go hello uh 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 power from the state of New York I demand that you return to your dimension we
0: didn't talk about this in the last podcast but before he goes Venkman's like this is after the what's goes or whatever it wants to be and Venkman's like well whatever it is it's gotta get through us. Yeah, all tough guy. He's Keep
1: like, "Tell him, right? Go get him, Ray." <laughs> <laughs> oh, we skipped over one thing in this movie that I that I, I I liked. I thought this this went this went dark. Um, Yvonne Shandor. Oh, this was shocking. This was shocking. So the dude he he's preserved in a tomb like Lenin is, and yeah, he 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 just like appears. I guess her coming back also resurrects him or whatever. And he walks up and he's like, "Oh, you're." Your Excellency, your Almighty, We're God gonna of rule gods, the earth together Gozer, I have done all this for you. I have summoned you so that we may rule the earth together. And she grabs his head and splits him in half. And it's all shown. It's it's bloodless, but like, still. Up until this point, I was like, maybe I can take my kids to
0: see this. This is a little scary. Then I saw that and I was like, maybe I cannot Maybe we'll see it in a couple of years.
1: Yeah, dude. Uh, that was fucking gruesome. It's pretty like... Like again, it's bloodless. Splits things, him in half, but dude, literally rips him apart, and it's all shown. Yeah, there was like there was a, a, a like father daughter behind us. I want to say, or maybe grandpa daughter. Yeah, dude was pretty old. Um, but hey, I don't know his life. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, that kid like saw that. That kid's gonna have nightmares tonight. That was pretty terrifying. I but agree. it was a good introduction to Gozer, and that's why I didn't like the rapid fire silly jokes from Phoebe after that, because like Gozer has just proven that she will. Rip somebody, her most devoted follower, in half just because he's right in front of her. I'm going to call her her. Um, I'm going to misgender Gozer. Um, How fucking dare you? Shut the shit down. Yeah, I'll go cancel myself after this podcast. (laughs) Um, But, like, Gozer has proven she will tear somebody in half just for being in front of her. And then Phoebe gets, like, five straight minutes of silly jokes in. And I was just like, this is not the introduction. But I like what they're doing because what they're doing is really clever. They they're distracting Gozer to set a ghost trap underneath one of the dogs because Gozer can only exist if the keymaster and the uh, uh, gatekeeper the gatekeeper are together. Yeah, and so if they get rid of one, it like breaks Gozer down. She's I like crazy now. Yeah, it's like it's like Back to the Future when Marty McFly is like disappearing or whatever. Like that's kind of the same vibe. I thought that was very clever. I like so, that a lot. So you, you get now what Egon was trying to do in the beginning. Yes. Mm-hmm. So now we find out that what Egon was trying to do was he was trying to trap either Zul or Vince Clothar, or whatever his name is. Uh, and then lead Gozer to the big trap and and then trap Gozer forever. Egon, <sighs> Egon was trying to trap Gozer permanently using a giant trap right. so that they would never have to worry about this again. It actually took me a minute um, because I was watching this and I was like, wait, how is Gozer the villain again? Because they killed Gozer in the first one. But no, they actually didn't. They destroyed the door in the first one and that sucked Gozer back into the dimension or the other dimension. Good point. It didn't actually they didn't actually kill Gozer. Right. They just closed they said the, the door swings both ways. So if we can destroy the door that Gozer came through, we can send them back.
0: And that's the things you appreciate because you can tell, like you said, there's so much attention to detail with the lore in there this is. movie. Yeah. They really pay
1: homage to that they and do. respect. They don't they don't shit on it. They don't they don't make a mockery of it. They don't be stupid with it. You can tell Jason Reitman really Respected the source material and wanted to do a good job. As we're talking about this, but
0: there is a lot of love I have for this movie because of that, because I'm such a fan, and they respected it
1: so much. But we gotta talk about the end here, dude. And anyway, that's the movie. They defeat Gozer, and everything (laughs) is everything is good, and everyone lives happily ever after. Oh my, okay. So this is this movie. This movie at this point is hit and miss but pretty good overall it's like a 7.5 out of 10 at this point 8 out of 10 at this point it's pretty good it's pretty good and then holy shit does this movie take a giant dump at this point so they're leading them back to the
0: farmhouse right Mm -hmm. which i i love phoebe is like not scared at all she's gonna do what she's gonna do yeah she's holding the trap out just like egon was before right
1: Phoebe is a, just a stone cold badass in this whole film. She's Again, great. This is, this is how you do strong female character. 100%. This, this is, is the way to great. do it. <laughs> she's
0: so good. The best. So she's firing her proton pack. Yeah. Uh, Lucky comes out and fires her proton pack. I had no idea that was her name. Seriously. But then I think Gozer ends up getting a hold of the trap and releasing Zul. Zul then possesses yes. Lucky. Right. The dog is back now.
1: Right, so now we have now we have both dogs back. Oh, and and Gozer actually shows up, but it's in like the half state. So Gozer. And she is like, reforms. Yeah, she reforms into the real Gozer, and we should say Gozer looks like Gozer from, nineteen eighty four Ghostbusters. Then you but get it, they do a really good job with it; it doesn't look shitty. Or I think anything. you get an off screen. You miss us or whatever, and you it's Bankman. You, you, you get an off screen, uh, Bill Murray in a hammock. I assume recording <laughs> his line, being like, "Hey, did you miss us?" And we're like, "Actually, no. Go away, old man." So when so they first going show up, the, the theater was clapping. As I was, as was I. I'll be honest, I was not as enthusiastic. Because okay. I thought the moment for them to show up would have been in the temple or something like that. But the bite immediately leaves when it's like... As soon as they start talking? They start talking. And then you're like, oh shit, this is like a bad SNL skit. This, it, you said it, you said this, but it's like, it was such a wet fart of a moment. Yeah. It was like, it should be epic, it should be so cool Ghostbusters are back. Fuck yeah. Like They're here to save the day. They're old, but it doesn't matter. Except for Ernie Hudson, who apparently doesn't age. Um, But like, it's just it's so silly. It's so bad. They come stumbling out of the cornfield or whatever. And again, they shouldn't know where this house is. It makes no sense that they know where to go. They don't know where Egon went. He just disappeared. In my opinion, this movie
0: and and stop me if I'm wrong in this. This movie could have um, benefited from an extra half an hour of this. Ray getting that phone call and going and seeking out Peter and Winston. Yes, for 100%, right. 100%. Instead
1: of just them showing up out of nowhere. Because the problem is the way they did it, it feels lazy. Because it feels like, it feels like, okay, guys, we got we got Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd for two days. What can we do with them? Yeah. Uh, slap them in their jumpsuits and. Put them in the middle of a cornfield and have Bill Murray do some stupid improv dialogue a little bit. Them showing up in the middle of a cornfield just feels so wrong, too. It makes no sense. Yeah, they should show up like, I was expecting, you know, look, any way they showed up it was going to be a little bit cheesy because it was just going to be, but that's fine. Like I was expecting something like Ecto-1 driven by um, Stranger Things Kid. Is is like trying to look down the highway, and what pulls up next to him? At Bill 1A from Ghostbusters 2. And that like, that, that would be great. Like I would have loved that. They're like, good. hey, we're here to save the day. And I agree with you. Like it would have been, it would have been, it would have been better because all we get is Dan Aykroyd with five straight minutes of exposition, dump and then that's all we see of him. at, at See, all. and then Gozer, and uh, uh, Winston's like, I think she remembers us. Yeah, but like it would have been better. Gozer's like, are you a god? The same oh, shit. Oh god, yeah, we get the same and they're thing. Like, Come on, Ray. Yeah, yes, don't, don't yes, fuck it up, Ray. We're all gods. Yeah, we're all, we're all gods here. It's like, oh my god, so bad. Um, it, but yeah, the movie would have been better had Dan Aykroyd hang up hangs up the phone, speaking to Phoebe, and he goes, oh, there might be something going on here. And then he has to you know, get the band back together. He goes and find. you can do this in five minutes. He goes and finds the guys, he talks to them, whatever. And then, yeah, they have a better intro, but the three of them just, like, just stumbling up to the house, all tightly packed in one shot, looking a thousand (laughs) years old, except for Ernie Hudson. (laughs) Bill Murray looking like the cryptic. Bill Bill Murray looks more like a ghost than any of the ghosts in this movie. They should be catching him.
0: Dan Aykroyd looks like he's been hitting too many
1: buffets and too many bottles of booze. Yeah. Uh, Dan Aykroyd's a big fan of Schnitzel, apparently. <laughs> you can tell! Oh, yeah. Dan Aykroyd's had too and much And they serve s- beer at Schnitzels. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do they really? Some of them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I gotta go now. Um, Dan Aykroyd has had uh, uh, too much Crystal Skull vodka. I'm pretty sure he died. I'm pretty sure he's all gray now. I think he dyed his hair for this movie and it kind of shows. Um... But like, yeah, I was expecting a more like, come on, man, you want that, like, it's going to be silly, but you want that badass intro. I really wanted like the second Ghostbusters car to pull up to the first one. These guys be like, yeah, like, uh, 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 Winston in this movie is like a high level, very wealthy, successful businessman in the finance world. There's no reason for him to be a Ghostbuster. There has to be that one scene where they, Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray go to see him and he's like, you know, guys, I love being a Ghostbuster, but this is my life now. I don't need to do this anymore. And they go... You know, let's let's come on, we're getting the band back together. Let's do this for Think Egon. That. Let's do this for Egon. Let's 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 save the world yeah. one last time. And he goes, fuck it, I'm in. And maybe they like, you know, maybe he has a luxury ecto one now. I don't know. Something. But them just showing they up. If you get his, more product placement there. You know what? Mercedes could be a sponsor. There you go. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, they even say a couple times, like, it's a Cadillac. This was a Cadillac. I'm like, was that car ever fucking a Cadillac? I'm pretty sure it's not, yeah. but whatever. Um yeah, I just, I don't know. You needed that one extra little scene. The way they did it just felt so, like, lazy and simple. So, the they way sh-
0: this ends, though, is Gozer throws her proton beams back at the, at the old dudes. Yeah. Okay? We get, They're laying on the ground now because Bill
1: Murray refuses to stand up anymore. And Bill Murray reached. stood for 45 seconds and he was like, I need to sit down now. So, he's sitting on the ground doing very bad improv dialogue. Talking about how, like, it's over between us, babe. We could have been a power couple. We could have been the best. It's like... Was he hitting on Gozer in the first one? No.
0: I don't no. I not remember that not either. Not at all.
1: No. No, not at all. It was never a thing.
0: Yeah, like, she shoots him in the first one, and he, all he says is, let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. Which is which a great line. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So... He's not hitting on Gozer
1: in the first. There's then no.
0: Phoebe starts shooting Gozer,
1: and they do this goddamn Ray versus Palpatine. They literally do the Voldemort. I fought Voldemort versus Harry Potter. That too. Because it was the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. It was like two laser beams hit each other. Right. Gozer has laser beams, which. Gozer had laser beams in the first one, so it's fine. Or like lightning fingers, yeah. so whatever. Palpatine. They're doing that, and I think that. Like, this scene is already bad, but that was the moment where Mike and I were like, oh shit. This isn't going, this isn't going to go well. All of a sudden you see a ghost hand. And then it shits the bed so fucking hard. (laughs) They did the thing we hoped they wouldn't do. You see a ghost hand reach around the proton pack as if to say, don't worry, it's going to be okay. And who is it? We all know who it is. It's Ghost Egon. Harold Ramis. And I will say this. It looked good. It it looked looked great. But that's not the point. Don't do this. Up to this point, they've handled it pretty well. We've seen old Harold Ramis in silhouette, uh, standing for him. That's
0: okay. I, I think that what, why these scenes feel so dirty, because they do this shit a lot in today's movies. They've got a, 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 a CGI Leia who's dead. Right. They've got a CGI Grand Tarkin, whatever the fuck. Grandma Tarkin, yes. These people aren't here to give their consent as if they're like truly going for yeah. this. But here's, here's one thing I'll say, which kind of lessens the blow for me with this. I know for a long time that Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and Ernie Hudson all wanted to do a third Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. The one guy that fucked all this up was Bill Murray. Murray. And it's shitty to see him in this movie now after Harold Ramis has passed away. Yeah. Because, like, hey, man, if you wanted to do Ghostbusters 3, you could have done it 25 years ago. Right, because I spoke about this in the last podcast. They all had veto power.
1: Yes. After Ghostbusters 2, they got veto power.
0: Right. Yeah. And then Bill Murray... Uh, he was reluctant to reprise his role as Peter Bankman.
1: Um... Yeah, no, yeah, no shit. He said
0: in an interview that he finally chose to return because the script is good. It's got lots of emotion in it, it's got lots of family in it,
1: with lines that are really interesting. It's gonna work. Apparently though, one thing that broke him down for Ghostbusters 2016 was that Sony started to threaten him with like, really serious legal action if he didn't give the okay. Yeah. And I think for this one too, he was probably like, yeah, I'm old and I don't care. This is going to be a big paycheck, so whatever. Just do it. Because um, you, you, you never, for a minute... The We'll talk about the post-credit scene, but the post-credit scene with him was cute. I got the sense that he was enjoying that. Yeah. So, But, you know, he doesn't like... Bill Murray does a lot of artsy stuff now, so maybe he likes quieter things. And he's a know. fucking diva, as Lewis was saying last He's a, a huge time. diva. He's a huge diva, yeah. He, yeah. I mean, Bill Murray's a funny guy, because he has this reputation as being like a funny, cool guy. But everything I hear about him... It sounds like an asshole and like a huge diva, so I don't 100%. know. But, but yeah. Um, so, the Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters, are now sitting down because Bill Murray has contractually stood for forty-five seconds. They, gets, they've all
0: shot their proton beams at yeah. this point, though, and they, the big trap works.
1: They capture Gozer. Yeah. So, so we have we have C, uh, we have CGI Harold Ramos who helps with the proton pack. Apparently, this he was, sticks around. He sticks. He doesn't leave. Also, I, I have to say, in this scene, I was so hoping. Because everybody else is there, I was so hoping the Lady Ghostbusters would appear out of nowhere and they would also start firing proton packs. Because there's like 30 proton packs in this scene. Yeah. The kids have them for some reason. It is weird too because it's implied in the beginning that there's only one proton pack. Yeah, and all of a sudden everybody comes out with a proton all pack. All of a sudden everybody has a proton pack. The Ghostbusters have their proton packs. So there's like nine proton pack streams going on, and I just, I so wanted Melissa McCarthy to come stumbling <laughs> out. And, and and start to fire and then and then Bill Murray just be like, No, get back in the cornfield. We're not doing this. No. We alright. It well, would have been so funny. Before I funny. say this,
0: keep in mind we're joking. But it would've been funny for them to come out of the cornfield and Bill Murray to <laughs> just go, Whoa whoa, whoa!
1: <laughs> I can't oh, even say it. I'm hungry, ladies. Get in the kitchen, make me a sandwich. That's not even the top twenty-five worst things that's been said on this podcast. Come on, get
0: in the kitchen and make us a sandwich. Men are working.
1: Men are working. Get in the kitchen. <laughs> the men are fighting ghosts. I think it would have been funnier had they just appeared. Especially
0: just- since, like, the last podcast we heard
1: that even in '84, yeah. there were feminists like oh, complaining yeah. that it was like a too much of a man-heavy movie. Yes, it was a it was a it was a male-centric movie. I mean, yeah. In fairness, the only female character ended up being around to be. Um, the object of desire. <laughs> so, like, a, a, a thing you just have sex with to open a portal. So, like, you know what? Honestly, fair enough. But, what about uh, Janine? It w- yeah, G- yeah, you're right. Janine was great. Janine was great. No, Janine was a fuck toy in the second one, but not the first one. Well, kind of. I mean, in the second one, she was super into it, though. Like, she was the one that was pursuing Louis Tully. Oh, yeah. So she was like, I mean, that was, you know... She was 100% down. I, I agree. It, 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 it just... At this point... Once I saw Ghost Harold Ramis, my mouth was literally open. Yeah. The whole time. I know. I was agape. I could not... It was, it was a joke going into this. We, we speculated, like, this is what's going to happen. We were like, oh my gosh, are they going to do... Are they going to do CGI Harold Ramis? No, no. There's no way they're going to do that. And I, I, for the most part, they were handling it so well. Like, he was clearly there in spirit. And I was like, okay, they're not going to do it. And then they did the thing. And it did look good. It didn't look bad. But, I mean, still, you just don't do that. But also... They didn't have his voice because he's been gone for so long, and they clearly didn't want to use an impersonator, which they they could have. Um, So he just doesn't talk, but he sticks around for like eight minutes, and he you know he like sees the Ghostbusters and he sort of like salutes them and well, uh, this is my problem because
0: he's sitting there next to them throwing proton stream, Mm -hmm. and and Winston looks over. Bill Murray looks over and then Winston says I, I miss you my friend I should have called you yeah. you kind of believe that right sure same with Ray Ray says I'm sorry okay you believe it because the actors are Bill Murray says nothing yeah because Bill Murray's like I don't fucking care because the reason why this movie didn't get made was because Bill Murray and Harold Ramis got into it on the set of Groundhog's Day really yeah and they've been fucking feuding ever since wow Which, I didn't know that Groundhog's Day is a fantastic movie yeah it's a great movie which Harold Raymond directed. Yeah. But that's why that happened. That's why that happened. Was that
1: after Ghostbusters 2 or before? Might have been before. I think it was. It might have been after. Let me look this up. Yeah. I feel like you're right. Um, it was a weird. Like, Ernie Hudson and um, Dan Aykroyd are both clearly. And we're going to talk about this in a minute, I think. But, like, those two are both very clearly sold in the Ghostbusters. Like, they're down. Yeah, yeah. Ernie Hudson. Credit to him. Dude gives it his all in oh, this movie. You know? Oh, yeah. He got basically written out of Ghostbusters 2, but he's like, he's trying his damn this year.
0: He got written out of Ghostbusters 2 until the um, the River of Slime scenes. Yeah. And he's kind of the focus of that in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because oh, he's right. the Round one that haunting.
1: Groundhog like, Day was 1993, so you're right. That was he's wrong. the
0: one that falls in the River of Slime first. Yeah. All those kinds of things, yep. right?
1: But. That's right. He gets completely taken into the River of Slime. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he's like he's giving it his all here. Dan Aykroyd, to his credit, I, I look, I genuinely think Dan Aykroyd loves this. This is series. not a work of fiction of Dan Aykroyd. No, to him, this is real. This is real. Ghosts, ghosts are real and shit. Yeah. So he loves this.
0: But Ramis sticks around and like he reconciles with his daughter, gives her a hug, brushes you know the granddaughter, blah blah blah. It's if, really if, fucking cheesy. If they were
1: gonna do this, if you have to have CGI Harold Ramis, and I, oh, I hate that they did. He should have been around for like a second. Yeah. He should have been around. You see him. Also, there was no reason for him to be in his Ghostbuster uniform Jump seat, yeah. whatever. Um, but he should have been around for like a second. He looks at Phoebe because she is his obvious heir. She's a genius. She's great at science. He should have looked at her, held the proton pack with her. She looks at him. They defeat Gozer and then they, he immediately is just gone. Agreed. But he just stands around forever and again doesn't say anything because they don't have the voice. Um, and it's just really awkward and weird and I don't know I, this movie's pretty good up to this point it's it's not great but it's it's pretty decent and this is just like such a just a shitting the bed moment um, and then goes there so then they they, they do have, they do finally figure out how to activate all the traps they um, uh, launch a proton pack into these like um, sort of like a little electrical field that lights up the whole thing and a giant proton bunch of proton packs open on the um, on the farm and it catches Gozer. You mean traps? And, uh, traps, yeah, sorry. Uh, and then it catches Gozer and it catches all the other ghosts that are in the area, which again is kind of like a, eh,
2: it's yeah. a... little cheesy.
1: That would have been a good. That actually would have been a good setup for a sequel. is to be like, we got Gozer, but all these other ghosts are out now. Somebody's got to do something about that. But who instead of call. Who, uh, oh, fuck, I never want to hear that again. Um, <laughs> it's been ruined. It's been ruined for me. Um, but yeah, like that could have been a good setup and they, you know, they just catch all the ghosts all at once. But yeah, now Gozer's gone The dogs are gone. Everything is tightly wrapped up. We get Bill Murray doing more improv where he walks inside and He's like, oh, we're gonna have hot cocoa inside and some of us are gonna have rum in our hot cocoa And we're like, yeah, we know Bill Murray. We know you don't want to be here
0: Winston like is petting ecto-1 is like what have you done? What have they done to you? I'm gonna take you back to New York and take care of you then at the end it shows the Ecto-1 with the lights going on the Brooklyn Bridge.
1: That's one of the strangest scenes because it, 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 so I thought that was the end of the movie. It pans up to the sky and it says, for Harold. And it's like, yeah, no, we got that. And then it pans down and they're in New York, but they're not in New York. It's just showing New York. And then that's the end of the movie.
0: But the Ecto-1 is, is on the bridge. I don't know if you noticed yeah, that or not. Yes, I did. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then so we get two post-credit scenes.
1: We get two post credits scenes. One's very cute.
0: The first one's just a cheeky scene where Dana Barrett is now shocking Vankman. Yeah. Like he was doing in the first one, which is cute. Sigourney Weaver looking really good. 100%. Yeah. The second post post-credit scene is the most
1: important one, though. Yeah, it's another exposition dump. Yeah. Winston is
0: explaining how he's a multi millionaire now. Yeah. Uh, he's talking to Annie Potts in this, or uh,
1: Janine. Well, it was cute because it started with what we determined was a deleted scene from the first. Where she gives him a lucky gold coin.
0: Which was awesome.
1: I love seeing that deleted scene. I liked it too. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It was really well done. And then it cuts to her holding the gold coin. Because I think it's pretty well implied in this movie that those two had a thing going. There was something going on between the two of them. Absolutely. Um, And then, yeah, it cuts to her holding the gold coin. And she's in um, uh, Winston's office. Talking about how he's super successful I and mean, then yeah, he goes on a whole long thing about like, oh I started with one employee and now I have four thousand. I mean we're this huge financial industry, but the Ghostbusters gave me I'll always be a Ghostbuster. Again, we should have had that scene in the movie. We should should have had that earlier scene Got where it. they go to him and are like, we gotta go save well we it's cutting, save the world. It's kind of Winston
0: essentially opening back up the firehouse. Yeah. They make mention that the firehouse is now a Starbucks. So then we see the firetainment
1: yeah. unit it's still in the firehouse. The last shot is a containment unit. And the thing is beeping. <laughs> it's beeping, which is like... Oh, is oh. it going to blow up?
0: We don't know. but and, and that's the movie. So Matt and I were hypothesizing, like... So what, they just left the containment unit there with all these ghosts and be like, oh, yeah. Starbucks, it's
1: your fucking responsibility Isn't now. that something you would move out with? Like, when you moved out of your ghost-catching house, don't you think you'd be like, hey, you know what we should do? We should take the ghosts with us. So when Starbucks is going to
0: get the... Uh, the grande cappuccino cups down below the containment unit is just
1: there with a bunch of ghosts I mean I, eh, yeah I have questions about this about this scene I, I I would be willing to bet this was added much later in the in the in the process where they were like okay we need something to, to like focus us but it's interesting because they're clearly setting up a sequel I don't know if they're gonna get it we'll see but they're clearly setting it up, but they don't set it up with the kids. They set it up with the original Ghostbusters. They're back in the firehouse, Ernie Hudson's back. You, I don't know what they're, I, I don't know what the future of this is. I don't know what they're going for. The best part of this movie was Phoebe. So she has to be part of it going forward, I would think. Because bring back, like, we, Bill Murray will not do another Ghostbusters movie. The dude didn't even want to stand up for more than a minute at this point. He's not going to do another one. I know Ernie Hudson and Dan Aykroyd are down. Maybe in the future we get, like, a, like, a mix. I
0: get the sense, though, that Bill Murray was a lot more into this than he was 16. Because if you look at the press tour on 16, I mean, he's, like, holding his fucking nose and cringing, and they're like, well, you were reluctant to do this. Why'd you do this one? He's like, because I knew these girls were funny. Yeah. No. Insert, no. like, one-person um, clapping
1: yeah. in the background. Insert a slow
0: clap. And, yeah. Like, and it's just Melissa McCartney. And, and
1: this one, you feel like he's a lot more behind this? I felt like he was more into it. Um, and, and in fairness, again, Jason Reitman did a great job. He put his heart and soul into this. Obviously, it was a—2016 was a shitty, lowbrow, cash-grab, Adam Sandler knockoff film. This felt like a real movie that they were really trying to do well with. It's not perfect, it's got its problems, but um, it still feels you know it feels like a real film. So I could see why Bill Murray would be more into this. Um, so maybe he'll they're clearly angling for a sequel. But yeah, like I could see a, I could see a thing where they, they bring back some of the ghostbusters, maybe Bill Murray's in it for five minutes, and then Phoebe's back and she's their little assistant or whatever. Um, yeah, that's I don't know. They're gonna probably do more.
0: Where does this fit in with, with... Okay, we have four Ghostbuster films now.
1: Yeah. For you, where does this fit in? Like, ranking? Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to rank these because it's like... Ghostbusters 1984 is a completely untouchable masterpiece classic in my head. Mm-hmm. I think I would rank this second after that. I'm in agreement. I don't like Ghostbusters 2 all that much. I think it has good moments, but mostly it's just a pretty lazy retread of Ghostbusters 1. Um, 2016 is just a bad, shitty movie. This is a pretty good movie that has really good moments. There was a point in this movie where I was like, hey, you know what? I'm actually loving this. Yeah. It goes way downhill, but I think I this number 2. This is, this is the second. I agree. There is a huge chasm between this movie and the first one. Oh, for sure. First is a masterpiece.
0: This is not, this did not like achieve um, like what The Force Awakens did, in my opinion. No, The
1: Force Awakens was a a completely, the rest of Star Wars, I'm sure we'll talk about Star Wars eventually. Yeah. But like, The Force Awakens was a complete masterwork of how to restart a franchise. I think it was really good at what it did. Yeah. Um, It reminded you of why you like Star Wars. Yeah. It, it was a pretty good movie. Introduced yes, new characters. Introduced new characters. Yes, it was a remake of, of A New Hope, but it was a pretty good remake. Um, it didn't have too many member berries in it, which was good, probably. Um, this wasn't as good as that, but it was a pretty good movie. It was pretty enjoyable. I yeah. could see myself watching it again at some point. Um, yeah, and it's still better than Ghostbusters too. So, yeah, second, actually. I would say if you're uh,
0: a fan of Ghostbusters, go see this. Um, at the very least, you will be falling in love with the Member Berries. Um, they really pay a great deal of respect to the original film. Yeah. Uh, um, they don't treat this like, fuck you, fuck the fans, this is bullshit, we're going to change everything that's great about the original and flip it on its head. No, they do not do that.
1: This is not 2016 Ghostbusters. They do a
0: great job, dude, yeah. uh, with with that in that. The end... I'm not a fan of CG bringing people back from the dead with CGI. No, neither am I. But to a certain respect, um, they tried to go uh, for an emotional ending. Yes. And they tried. I think they tried to pay respect to Harold Ramis. I, I never
1: got the sense that they were disrespecting Harold. Ramis. No, I think they were trying to respect him. They were trying very hard to respect and him and to include him post-humanist. Yes. Uh, I think, I think for them it was like, he's no longer with us, but this is essentially Ghostbusters 3 because Ghostbusters 2016 doesn't exist in this, in this universe, which it did in that scene, but it doesn't. Um, and so they were like, yeah, we have to include him somehow. We have to get that one shot of all the Ghostbusters together. Yeah. I'm not a fan of it, but I don't think it was done with poor intentions. Mm-hmm. I think it was done in a well-intentioned way. Absolutely. I think they thought, oh, that, that'll be nice for the fans to see. And again, it got, you know, it got applause in the theater. Um, I think... I didn't like it, but...
0: I don't know. I feel like as, as time goes on, I may have more love for this like, uh, with repeat viewings. Yeah. I don't know. But initial reaction, like,
1: does this is this live up to the first one? Not even close. No, no. But the first movie is a pretty untouchable masterpiece of a film. It's probably the second best Ghostbusters we've ever gotten. I think so. I think so. It's better than Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. Yeah. Ghostbusters um, 2 is just like... It's... It, again, It's it's got its moments, but it's mostly just... There's um, a lot more
0: good moments in this than there is in Ghostbusters 2. Yeah,
1: the stuff that works in this works really well. If they would have ended that this movie better... Yeah. This would have been a really good Ghostbusters movie. I do think... Again, I think... I, With least, some things that didn't work in between. For sure. Right. And I think you nailed it in that it needed the scene. It needed more original Ghostbusters. It needed just five minutes of them going around and getting the team back together, yeah. getting the suits and getting the proton packs and I uh, again I would have loved to see Ecto 1 and Ecto 1A pull up next to each other That'd and be, be, like, great. be like, We're we're here too. Yeah. And I would have been like, you know what? Cool. I'm here for it. This is great. But the fact that they just kinda of wander out at some point is like, oh man, that's really disappointing. Like you could have done you could have done a little better than that. Also, these guys are old, but they're not, like, 90. Imagine a scene where they're in the
0: Ecto-1, right? And um, Zool is chasing them. Or not Zool, because they captured Zool, right? They had, they had Zul. Yeah. Vince Korthos is chasing yeah. them. And the Ecto-1, like, spins out, and all hope is lost. And you look, you pan down to one side of the street, and here comes the dog, right? Then you hear the siren in the background. You pan over to the other side of the street, and here comes Ecto One A.
1: Oh my gosh, I just got I just got goosebumps.
0: Right? Yeah. And then all Something of a sudden, like that, another gunner truck comes out, and it's Bankman firing the fucking proton <laughs> cannon. Well, because Bill Murray likes to
1: sit down while he's doing his role, there you go. <laughs> he doesn't even
0: have to stand up, and and it makes the movie.
1: Yeah, that would have been great. It's a lot more of an epic introduction than they just show up in the middle of a cornfield and they just wander out. Yeah, yeah. That would have been the way. That's that's a that's a good way of doing it, like that. That would have been the move, is to have them show up in some and it, normally I'm not the type of guy that's like everything has to be like badass and epic and perfect. But like in this moment, you want your old Ghostbusters. It's also we funny we want it to be badass in that we moment. We want it to be badass. It's also funny because That's the, a horrible pour. I know, this is awful. I <laughs> tried yeah, my hardest. This is the that's one of the worst beer pours I've ever done. Um it's also funny, like, one of the jokes of the Ghostbusters has always been like they're just schlubby guys. Yeah. Like they're, they're not superheroes. They're not action stars. Scientists. They're scientists. They're not. They're not the jocks. They're fat scientists. Yes. Like, so, they can do a badass intro, because the joke would be that it's a badass intro. It's like they're not badass. They're not interesting. They're not cool. Yeah. They're just nerds. They're just yeah. nerds with proton facts. So if they do something like that, if they were to do that, yeah. Like they, they, like you said, like all hope is lost, and then the, the Ecto One A shows up, and they all stumble out, like. That'd be really funny. That would be an actual joke. Well,
0: I think, too, like, if they showed that scene, it could show that, okay, like you said, the original one, they're kind of schlubs trying to figure it out. Yeah. But at this point
1: now, yeah, they they've done doing. this a million times. Sure. They're veterans, right? Yeah. So they kind of know the score at this point. Yeah. Or even, But again, I think that's why you needed the scene of them getting together again. Yeah. Because you could say, like, we haven't seen a ghost in 30 years. You know, you could... You, 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 you could have them all saying to each other, like doubting each other, being like, we, we haven't seen ghosts in forever. We don't do this anymore. Can we still do this? Can we still do we're this? We're old. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're old men. And, 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 you know, Ray could be like, yeah, well, we have to do it. We have to do it for Egon. You can even leave it unresolved
0: men. that they're not going to show up. Sure, totally. I know it's a trope. Yeah. But it's unresolved, right? Or right. bankman's like, I'm out. Yeah. And he leaves. And then when that scene comes up, you got them, and Bankman comes out of the gunner cart Sure, and he's firing the proton
1: pack. Yeah, that would have been amazing. You just need, you just need one more little scene. This movie wasn't like you know most movies these days are too long. This movie was a little over two hours. It was pretty tight. You it, can even like you could add ten minutes to to elevate Phoebe's character.
0: You know, Peter comes out, he fires it, he's got him for a minute, but then like Dan Aykroyd, you know, he spins out or whatever, and Venkman falls down. And right as the dog is about to get Peter, Phoebe shoots him, the dog with the proton. Sure. And, and they move on, right? Yeah. So it's showing that, okay, these guys still have it, but they're kind of slower. Yeah. But now these new, this new cast of characters is going to pick it up from there. Yeah.
1: That would have been way better than them just showing up in the middle of the cornfield. Than them just rambling out in the middle of the cornfield. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, even in 84 Ghostbusters, it wasn't like, at the end of this, when they all get knocked down, um, because Bill Murray had in his contract that he had to sit after five seconds. Um... They, they they say something like I don't remember it being this this tough, but it's like, well yeah you do.
0: You guys weren't in shape. Well Winston shape. says I do. Yeah yeah he, yeah he does he's
1: like it's like yeah you guys weren't in good shape in 1984. You guys still look like fat middle aged white guys in 1984. They look like us. <laughs> they look like, yeah, like, like They look like they like a lot Maybe of Maybe that's and the that appeal beer. of it all right. It is it is the appeal of it. I I, I actually do think that's the appeal of Ghostbusters is that you watch it and it's funny because these guys are saving the world. But they're barely able to walk up four flights. It's upstairs. not Chris Hemsworth and no, fucking Chris Evans. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like you watch Marvel, you know, which we all know how I feel about Marvel on this podcast. But um, you watch Marvel and you're like, okay, well these guys MCU of, phase two coming soon. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. I got drunk and watched this, this phase two. Um, but uh, yeah, like, like you you watch that, and you're like, oh, well, I'm not. I, you know, I can't be Thor. I can't be Captain America. Like it's so unattainable. But it's fun in that way. Yeah. And then you watch Ghostbusters, and you're like. I had a proton Pack, I could do that too because they're doing the same thing. Yeah. Dan, I mean, in Go- the best line in Ghostbusters too is "Suck it up, suck in the guts, guys." with the Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> that was fat. like, yeah. You know, yeah, no, it's perfect. Like you don't have to be, you don't have to be an action stud to be a Ghostbuster, and that's yeah. that's the cool part. So, yeah, yeah I feel like they could have played up that element a little bit more. But again, it's got that feeling of being like, yeah, we got we we have uh, uh, Mr. Ackroyd and uh, Mr. Murray for uh, two days. They've given us two days of their time, so we have to. We have to we have to get the scene in really quick. Put him in a jumpsuit. Uh, shit. Uh, uh, give Mr. Murray a chair to sit in. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's 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 crazy, but uh, it, it feels like a missed opportunity. But uh, uh, yeah, anyway, o- overall it's a overall it's a it's a good film. Where where do you think Ghostbusters goes from here? Do you think they do more? Do you think they reboot it? Oh yeah, the way th- the way this one ended,
0: they're definitely like going to make do another, another one, one right? right? Yeah, like they have to. Hopefully, it's not a flop.
1: I mean, because that'll change things big time, but. Ultimately, everything comes down to money. Like, you know, we just saw this with Eternals. I didn't see Eternals, but, you know, Eternals was supposed to have a sequel. It's not going to have a sequel anymore because it didn't make enough money. Yeah. And it wasn't popular. So. And it shouldn't have. Yeah. But there, we're going to see more Ghostbusters, I think.
0: Yeah. We're going to see more of Bill Murray in a chair. So, before we wrap up, ultimately, yeah. Yeah. would you recommend Ghostbusters yeah. Afterlife? Yeah.
1: It's a, it's a good time. Um,. I can't imagine you would go see this without having seen the first. Like, you kind of got to be a fan of Ghostbusters. Yeah,
0: speaking from movies. two people that are, are pretty big fans of this. Yeah. I am I am more than Matt, like, kind of in the same way Matt's more of a double O than me. But we're both big fans of both franchises. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I love the original Ghostbusters. It's great. I There's a lot of things I love about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of things like, like this, to me, like... It's at least a starting point for getting this thing back on track.
1: Yeah. 16 did not do that for me. This did. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see 16 when it came out, but watching it just a few weeks ago for this podcast, um, I was like, how could you possibly make a franchise out of this? It's it's awful. I did notice they brought back the Ghost Core thing at the beginning. Is that that with 16, too? I know. And and, and everybody, because the original plan for 16 was we're going to make a big multi film Marvel cinematic universe type thing out of this and it didn't work out, obviously. Yeah. And they, I was I was honestly shocked to see Ghost Core in the in the opening credits. But um but yeah, like if you if you like Ghostbusters, this is a it's not a perfect film. It's a flawed film, but it has very good moments and it pays total respect to the original and to the fans. It it's you're not gonna feel shitted on by this movie.
0: I agree. So again, if you're a Ghostbusters fan, especially of the original
1: Go check this out. I think you will have a lot of enjoyment out of this. Yeah. The moments that are good are great. The moments that you don't like can be a little bit grating, but the good stuff really works. It's positive. Till the next one.